Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Ivy League swimmers, it's time for Thirsty Thursday. Hope you all are doing well. I am here with uh, my good friend Ray Ito. Matt is out tonight. Matt is actually working. Uh, Ray, I'm not even sure if it's a double at this point. It might be a quintuple, I think, that he is pulling. He is uh, doing some serious, serious work trying to get things up and going with his new venture. And you know what? We're not going to apologize for him. We're not going to excuse him. We're just going to love that he's out there grinding his dick, literally and figuratively, into the ground to make this happen, right? That's right. That is totally right. I mean, Matt is actually out there making it happen. It's it's and, that American spirit. It's that American spirit yeah, and, of getting it done. Can't fight yeah, it. No matter. And you can't, yeah, can't, can't say it's wrong. 
Yeah, you can't say it's wrong. I mean, I, I, I will make no excuses or apologies for that. And uh, anybody that says different can fight me. <laughs> well, and, you know, on, on a day, on a, on a holy day like this, well, not holy, but, you know, in some, in mm-hmm. some way, shapes, or forms, depending on, you know, where you're from and what you do and everything like that, uh, you know, Matt might be one of the most unleprechaun like people that I know. I mean, a big six three, six four, gangly, uh, brawny chested. Look at that right there. Nothing yeah. about that picture says leprechaun or Irish. But gosh darn, he's out there riding the bear literally and figuratively every day, along with our guest tonight. Because you know, when I think of our guest tonight, Ray, I think about wildlife. I think about uh. This guy as being the really the Ted Nugent of lawn care, right? He's an absolute yeah. uh, insane, crazy person that would probably, uh, you know, kill an animal with his bare hands if he had to just because he's that good at lawns, at life, and at killing stuff, including weeds, insects, and plant diseases. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about our very good friend, Mr. Charles Beebe of Busy Bee Lawns. Mr. Beebe. How are you this evening? I'm great. I love that intro. Uh, you know what? Listen, you can you can take that as free marketing copy for you. You can type <laughs> it up. You can clip the video. You can do whatever you want with it. I'm selling it to you to your tier today for the low low price of zero dollars and a big hug the next time I see you. <laughs> Deal sold. Sold. See. Now you're gonna we have to hug sideways though because you know I don't want to have a sword fight if we're if we're gonna have that hug okay so that's very important but all right so listen I want to get into this because many people don't know first of all they're probably looking at you being like man uh, is this guy like in the workshop of the minimum security prison and the answer is no uh, he is in a place though that uh, had it, it lived up to its name it would put you into some form of prison he is in. What do you call that place? What's that? What's the name of your uh, humble abode there for the business? It is the famous Crack Shack. That's no joke either, people. He is. He calls it that, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there is a sign on the outside of the building denoting uh, that there, name. There is. Um, look back in the Discord somewhere, and there's actually a picture of it. Uh, listen, we'll find it. We'll put it up there, but. A man that cares so passionately about his craft and about the the place that he calls uh, his workshop that he has a nice name for it. So, listen. So for for those of you who don't know, um, you know Charles has been in business for a little while. We're going to get into that and talk about some of the interesting things that he deals down there in. Uh, we'll call it rural South Carolina, right? It could, I guess you could call it yeah, that. Yeah, enough. Where where are you located? Right. Let's start with that. And kind of take us through a little bit, right? A little bit of how you got in the business. Okay, so I'm located, technically I have what's called a Easley address, which is just outside of Anderson County, which is actually in Pickens. But I live in Anderson and I work the Anderson, Easley, Powdersville um, area. A lot, and then I also have to do a lot more in the uh, Star Iva areas over there next to the uh, state line, mm-hmm. um, where Lake Hartwell is. So I do a lot in Georgia as well. Um, I got my start from my uncle, who once he graduated Clemson University with his degree, he went and actually worked for the 
UGA for Washington County, Georgia, for I think six, seven years, and then transferred up here. And he has been the extension agent for Clemson for 40 years until he retired. Uh, wow. When I started, he got me at 12, and I started laying side and running a weed eater, running a mower, you name it, I was doing it. Hmm. Now, okay, um, so you, what it, it, what exactly, like, how did he, how did he rope you into that? Like, there has to be a story behind, hey, you're just going to come to work today? Was it, it, did he ask you, did he tell you, or did you just kind of be like, hey, uh, what do you think about me uh, going and making some money? Like, How'd that go? The whole, hey, you want to go make some money? Hey, let's go do it the hard way too right i mean that's all you heard was let's go make some money the hard way and you're in it just turned out that oh yeah you know, instead of what you thought it might be it was it was just you know basic landscaping lawn care but go figure it's about the same as you know walking the street but uh you know just slightly less demeaning in some most days right unless you're matt martin he yeah he, he might have had a little bit more close to a uh, a street walking experience okay so you're down there in South Carolina, and I guess at this point, right, like where you're at uh, in the, you know, the evolution of the business, kind of take us through your business, right? What is it that you guys do? What is your forte? What is, uh, you know, I, I guess where does your passion lie? Like, because there's a lot of things that people do, right, within their business that, you know, you do because you can make money at it. You do because you have the right people, the right equipment, whatever, but I'm interested mostly because you do so many different things you know what are your favorite things you know to do within the business so kind of lay it out for us what's the company like uh staff all that kind of stuff and then tell me a little bit about your selfishness uh within the business so i we actually have his business which is actually called marjo's long service and then we okay. have busy so we technically work together but not actually work together if that kind of makes sense, sir. Yep. But um, I basically started with just like a mow, blow, and go. But I've known, you know, chemical treatments, insecticides, you know, tree trimming, arborists, um, landscape installs, retaining walls, French drains. I've done, you know, I worked for a guy that done um, pesticide control for about five years. I got all my insecticide and pesticide from him from that side for termite control. Um, I think since I was about seven or eight, whenever I could actually reach the clutch on the first, you know, what was it, thirty-two inch Murray with the uh, six speed that you had <laughs> to sit there and shove with the clutch, and the big ass lever that was red, solid, uh, yeah, it was solid red and solid metal. You got to sit there and like manually force it to engage the blades. Yep. That's when I actually started liking grass. And then <laughs> I remember my uncle come home with the first zero turn. It's like, hey. Watch this. Through two hammers, I can go around this and not have to weed eat. And ever since, I was like, oh, shit, I want one of those. <laughs> Man's got to have goals, right? Man's got to have goals. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I think those that's something, too, that you've got a, quite a bit of equipment. We're going to get in and talk about that. But, you know, I, I do find that, uh, you know, some of, uh, some of the people that Ray, and I, I'm curious from your perspective, that push the limits in in this space, especially when they're small, you know, small company. And I don't necessarily mean that by revenue. I mean that more so by just people are the people that, you know, there is like, a, I see this in a variety of different markets is 
um, they're not afraid to spend money and they're not afraid to have like the most advanced stuff that's out there to get the most amount done with the fewest amount of people. And BB definitely seems like that guy that's like all in on just having a garage full of shit and by pulling the right tool out on the right day. Yeah. I I get that. I, I get that. And I understand that because I don't have an army of minions or slaves. Uh, I got to get it done. Me, my, me, I, and myself. And often it's uh, the right tool on the truck that gets the job done. So I get it. <laughs> I totally yeah, get it. <laughs> so, and I'm, and I'm curious now, like, so for, you know, both of you guys, you guys are, I don't want to say you're one man bands, but you know, you're, it's limited help. If any, you know, what, how do you guys look at equipment? Cause I look at it a completely different way. You know, I'm, I'm talking big operations, lots of people. I'm trying to think of, you know, a whole bunch of other different facets of equipment when I'm looking at. It. So is it just purely, Hey, this is how much money I can make with this piece of equipment or, Hey, that looks really fucking cool. And I want to get into that. Like what, what is driving? And I'm curious for both of you because you both do it a little bit different way, right? What is, what are those factors that you look at on the equipment side when you're evaluating a new piece of, Hey, I should get that or I shouldn't get that. Well, for me, it's basically, I look at it and I say, Oh, look, Hey, new shiny toy. Let's go fucking get it. (laughs) How did I know that was going to be your answer? (laughs) Explain to the life because, later what happened. Yeah, yeah, because well, and <laughs> for me, it's I, I I evaluate equipment on the basis of how much money can this make me a, and b, will this piece of equipment enable me to remain independent? Mm-hmm. Because one of the factors that I always think about is, hey, I'm getting old. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm getting we're old. All, we're, we're all getting old at the same rate, and someday, be, you know, it won't just be BB taking the latest issue of Lawn and Landscape magazine into the bathroom with a bottle of Jergens and trying to decide what he's going to buy, you know, coming up here. <laughs> now, maybe he will. I don't know. Did he freeze? J-Pink? Yeah, it looks die. like he did right at right then. Man, oh, nope, nope, there he nope. is. He's back. Nope. He's nope. back. He's back. What uh, was it? Me that cut out? Yes, it was you that cut something, out. Yeah, I made a happened. joke about. I made a joke about you taking the latest issue of Lawn and Landscape magazine to the bathroom with a bottle of Jergens, and then you cut out. <laughs> Coincidence? Eh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. 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 But only if I'm on the front cover. <laughs> Someday you might be. Someday you might be. Okay. All right. So let's talk about what kind of services do you now offer, right, within your scope, right? And uh, how has that evolved? Like, what what are you into right now, and where do you see the business going here? So right now we got what I like to call squirting fert. Um, I do my mow, blow, and goes, and then I have bed maintenance i have um landscape installs i have shrub trimming um light grade work wintertime i'll do a lot more like bigger grading 
projects. We have aeration overseeding and also um, I will do a little bit of like irrigation stuff. But normally I have a guy that does that, but if he can't get out there to actually like trench it and all that, then I'll come out there and I'll do that. And I also do a little bit of land clearing. Okay, maybe a better question is, what do you not do? Uh, I'm not a roofer and I'm not an electrician. Or an IT guy. Ask Jay Pink. (laughs) (laughs) No roofing. (laughs) Got it. Uh, Okay. Well, we'll get into the Fort and Squirt stuff, but so tell me about the, you know, in your area, right? Because you're kind of in a, I wouldn't say a super unique part of South Carolina, but like when you do an aeration and overseed, I mean, what what's the balance of cool to warm season lawns around you, right? Well, it's honestly about half and half because, I mean, most of our pastures and everything comes with like common Bermuda and just the normal fescue normal fescue hear it here folks you want to get some normal fescue none of that turf type <laughs> bullshit is he frozen again he might have froze again right it might be just you and i talking every 30 seconds to ourselves it's okay but you know oh, it, the it, it's it, always an interesting tell me uh, there's, a crack, there's a crack shack uh, has some intermittent wi-fi reception i mean he uh, i have known about that yeah it, no it that's that's it's cool. And, you know, hey, coconut Wi-Fi. So I, I always find it interesting because I know, a, oh, gosh, a, a good handful or dozen or so of guys just like Charles up here in Ohio that are decidedly independent, right? Fervently independent when it comes to um, what they do. Yeah. yeah, well, what they what they do and like they're, you know, from like just like you always say is like they don't want to have a ton of employees. They don't want to. You know, scale up they just want to do a lot of kind of everything right get into what they can make money at and get into you know um a bunch of different jobs right where they can be useful and, and bring their school bring their skills or bring their equipment and be profitable mm-hmm. at it and i think that's i always find those guys to be really fun to work with just because like uh 10 times out of 10 they just shit they just get shit done like there's there's not a whole lot of uh uh, what what do, what do we want to? There's not a whole lot of fapo there, Ray. Those guys, You're right? Right. They, no, no fapo because they have to. They have to. Yeah, you you gotta because I I gotta tell you that for me, uh, there's nothing more disheartening to me than seeing a crew of four to six guys, and just about all of them have their thumb up their butts. They're running up the bill. And not a lot is getting done. You know, oh, that is just this that's just disheartening to me. But I see that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, it's like, Lord. And the other flip side to that is like when I'm dealing with lawn and landscape maintenance, my nightmare is literally the crew of a lot of people on a property. Where the last time I had to manage a crew like that, Ryan, mm-hmm. I felt like I was racing from one end of the property to the other, constantly checking on the guys to make sure that they didn't screw something up. Yeah, I mean that I, was I mean, nerve wracking for me. That, that was nerve wracking, and 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 at that time, 
man, I, I was just like worn out having to do that. I was more worn out then than I am now doing all the work by myself. It's it's a huge mental strain, right? And I've mm-hmm. I've seen. I'm gonna let me think about this for a second. I mean, I would say you know some of those guys I was just talking about that are sort of the one man bands, like what, um, like what Mr. BB is here, like the oh, man, maybe about a handful of them, right? Like four or five are uh-huh. guys that were in that space, like that were in that big, huge like mega he- company. Yeah, yeah, like, like me. Guy, guys <laughs> falling out of the truck, and then they were like, "Dude, you know what? Fuck this! I need uh, enough, I just need enough me. already." Yeah, no, yeah, I, I cannot do this them, anymore. <laughs> when you talk to them, it's like they're not afraid of work. Number one, number two, like they, there's just the mental headspace of like, man, I just can't worry about six other guys and myself, and you know whatever we have to go to next. Like that's just that's just too much. So. So, all right, Crack Shack is back live on the satellite unflick. It looks like your <laughs> uncle, uh, uncle Pablo Escobar has uh, reestablished comms here. So, um, no, that'll be when I get the cocaine castle. Yeah, he'll reestablish comms <laughs> when he gets out of jail after he's dead. <laughs> um, so, okay, so like, what what kind of companies are you going up against? Is it just is it all guys like you? Is there sort of like a a mix of you know the big boys all the way down to people that are like you know the you know the proverbial uh fly by night guys that are you know probably coming over to you and trying to cut your legs out on price and quality and everything else like what is the range of different companies that's in your area and how do you deal with these guys when it comes to pricing getting jobs all that kind of stuff so we got everything from like one company that I know that I'm actually good friends with. It's called Daniel's Turf. They're running, I think, right around 2,000 yards with uh, three different crews. Um, there's another one, um, Brad, and he's running about him, his brother, and I think him and his brother both have a crew of four or five guys. And I think last time I checked, I think he had somewhere around 3,000 yards. Um, then we got oh, places like, God. you know, your true green, your um, some of your smaller, bigger ones around here. Um, you got fairway loans, you got um, unlimited here, and then you got a bunch of uh, just what I call chucking a truck. Oh yeah, I can do this for twenty bucks. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. fuck you, go do it. Mm-hmm. I'll sub you out. Y'all... <laughs> Y'all need some weed killer. <laughs> well, and uh, that's the, that's the thing I always wonder, like in those. Um... I don't want to say smaller market, but like a not a big city, like not a big giant city where you know you get a lot of you know a ton of reputable companies, and like you're just tripping over yourself trying to you know compete on price or quality or whatever. It seems like the further out you go, you get into these situations where I, I was just at a place a couple of weeks ago, and uh, is is you know it's athletic field, so it's you know kind of the same thing. You look at it like a commercial property, but you know the the people there were like oh man like uh we we bid this out two years ago and we had a company come in that um you know they beat out our previous uh service provider by like 25 percent and i'm like oh wow that's you know it's pretty significant you know tell me more and they're like oh you know we had our other company for like over 22 years and everything was good and i was like so you just went because of price 
well, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't we? 25% is a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, but, and they're like, well, like, and I said, so tell me how that is. So, and that's what I told them. I was like, well, okay, so what's happened? And they're like, well, you're looking at it. Like the whole place was just in shambles. You know, that these guys, A, couldn't keep up to B, didn't have the knowledge and C, you know, weren't doing what they said they were going to do. Right. And it was an, you know, just an education for everybody. So I, you know, it's, uh, I always find it interesting when you go and ask that question of how, you know, how, how is the market breakdown, right. In a certain area and how do you compete? And so, yeah, the, the, the people that are the ankle biters is what I call them, right. You know, they're just down there on the ground, just trying to, uh, take whatever scraps they can get. They're falling at your feet. And unfortunately, sometimes they reach up and grab something that's a good opportunity away from you just because of price. So, uh, I don't know. So, you know, how that's and this is really like a segue into this question is how has your pricing strategy as a essentially like a one man band or a very small operation right from a labor standpoint how has that evolved over time like how did you convince yourself to have the mindset you know what yeah i'm going to charge that amount and that seems wildly high you know at least in my eyes right as the owner but i think i'm worth it and i'm going to go do it was there ever a period where you thought you were undercharging and did you get past that or how has it been as far as your pricing strategy goes? Honestly, I kind of thought I was just looking at like all across the board throughout the entire like United States and seeing some of the prices from some of these like lawn care, like business groups that I see. Right. And like, Oh yeah. Well, well we charge like $300 an acre and I'm sitting here like, yeah, that's fucking bullshit, man. Like I'd be lucky if I get 60. Wow. So, what? I called around. I got a lot of quotes from a lot of people. I asked a lot of people like, hey, what are you paying for this? What do you pay for that? And then from there, I developed my own. Okay, I know this is what I want to make an hour. I get this. Okay, let's find my happy little balance and let's go from there. And then every year since, I've progressed and I've up a certain percentage, whether it be 3%, whether it be 7%, whether it be 10%. And right now, I don't really care if I go to an 8,000 square foot yard for mowing and they're like, okay, well, what do you charge? And I'm like, 80 bucks a week. If you don't like it, you know, fuck off, call Chuck in a truck. Is that actually <laughs> on the flyer? If you don't like it, I wish. Off. I wish. <laughs> it should be my motto. I say it you enough. To, you, you, <laughs> you, really, you really need to make that the tagline for the business. And then actually... If we can save up enough money or get like a cameo or something, we need Ted Nugent to say that because you are the Ted Nugent. Of <laughs> There's no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that that is your your analog is sweaty Teddy, and God bless both of you for it. Right? I mean, you're you're, uh, you're beautiful human beings. Okay, so lay it down for us. What is growing grass like in? Uh, your part of South Carolina, like in that area west of Greenville and, and all that, you know, you said it's like, you know, half cool season, half warm season. Like, what are the trials, tribulations and everything that go with it? Because, like, I think of South Carolina, all I can think of is it's hot as fuck all the time in the summertime. And that's it. That's all. That's 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 my perception of South Carolina. So help me understand and help Ray understand better what your. uh uh, lakefront paradise is like there in uh, your part of South Carolina. A whole of a lake called Lake Hartwell. Um, yeah. Basically, we like like you said, like right there at Greenville. If you go just a little bit into Greenville, you go into the mountain, you go at the baseline of the Appalachia. 
So from there, then we go all the way down to what I call the pit of hell, which is Columbia, where it's always 80 degrees no matter what, and it always feels like 105, and then you get to the beach, all within mm-hmm. three and a half hours of each other. Mm-hmm. So my part of the area, um, yeah, we could see highs in the 80s and 90s as early as April, mm-hmm. or it could take until May or um, June. I have seen it do that. Also, we may get snow. We may not get snow. Our biggest issue is, are we going to get rain? Or are we not going to get any rain for three years? And if we get rain, are we going to get 300 inches in three days? <laughs> so It's I legit mean, that way. So, then, okay, then with all that being said, right, like, how the hell do you plan a program around that that you know is going to work if you're an applicator and like you got to deliver like tell me you know is it is it you know you try to split it down the middle and say okay hey like if it's a bad year this most of this should work and if it's an okay year most of this should work and that's how it goes or do you have to get a little bit more um i don't know customized to some of the lawns and properties that you go to like how does that I'm just curious of like how that works with there's being so much variability and the fact that like your spectrum, your ends of the spectrum were what you call was bad is like really bad. Like if it's really wet and really hot, no bueno. If it's really hot and really dry, no bueno. And if you have a long cold spring, right on your Bermuda yards, like there was, what was that? That was a couple, probably what, two, three or four years ago, maybe years ago. You guys, two Two years ago. Okay. It was super cold spring, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It didn't warm and, up until, I think, almost my birthday in June. Yeah. I mean, so, how, okay, so how do you make all that work then from, a, you know, if, if weather's the great equalizer, how do you build a program around that? Or what have you done to do you that? you got to manipulate your program. Like you, so how do you I have price like, that? <clears throat> I still price it the same as, like, right now I have it dialed in as, like, almost to a five treatment program with a comeback with spot spray. Okay. Well, I have right. two spot spray applications added in. So it is a total of seven right now, but I'm trying to get it dialed into a five, maybe even a four, if I could get it that way. Why, why that? Like, is, do you not want to be on those? Do you not need to be on those properties as much? Is that why, or what, what's driving that like reduction in number of visits? Well, well, Price of chemical, price of fertilizer, um, availability of supplies. I don't know if, you know, what this economy is going to do. If I can dial my stuff into maybe a four, maybe a four and a half treatment program, I can mm-hmm. go ahead and order everything in bulk every year and already be set. Or mm-hmm. I'm just going to be, okay, well, take this section of this area that I service and take this section that I service, take this section, take them all, collapse them, see which ones I make the most money off of them which ones I'm like losing my ass off of because I basically, because my uncle lives in Star and I live in basically Eagle, which is an hour drive. I can take care of anything in between. Mm. Like if he, okay. he's got equipment down there that I need, or I got equipment up here that he needs, we flip flop. So if I get to the point where, you know, it don't seem feasible anymore, I'm just going to be like, okay, well, we're going to take this whole section of like these customers right here and just say, you know what? Screw y'all. I can't service that area anymore. <laughs> is that what the letter's <laughs> going to say? The letter's going to say, hey, valued customer. sorry. Screw you. 
<laughs> hey, sorry. Hey, tell you this, but I don't go that direction anymore. You want somebody that won't f your shit up? Don't call True Green. Call somebody else. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. Sending out the, yeah, I can only imagine what the, uh, I, I think uh, the, your uh, I think you need some more of your your own personal authenticity in your business. That's what I'm going to say. So you should you should definitely send that out with that exact language in there. All right. So we've established yeah. we've established that okay, it is insanely difficult to grow grass down there. So tell me more about the turf types that are down there. What uh, what are you dealing with? And maybe to uh, to make it easier, what are you not dealing with down there? Because I feel like there's a little bit of everything that's going to come into play down there. Well, well, we actually do have Ahea, we have Centipede, we have St. Augustine, um, Bermuda, Zoysia, Fescue are the main ones that we see. I don't treat any Centipede yards. I've got to the point where, oh, you got Centipede? Yeah, I don't service that. Oh, you got St. Augustine? Yeah, <laughs> call somebody else. There's a guy, there's I got a guy 40 in Fescue. There's a guy in Bradenton that will tell you how to do that. So I got 44 fescue accounts, and the rest of the 400 are all Bermuda or Zoysias. Okay. With a little bit of maybe like spotty centipede, spotty St. Augustine. And I'm like, hey, let's just go ahead and nuke this off and just let the rest fill in. <laughs> okay, so the 40, are, are these this fescue lawns, I'm curious, like, are these more like in town? Where Where is fescue specifically used? Are these bigger lots, like smaller, like city? It, it's or mainly, lots? Like, well, we got everything from um, about a 2,000 square foot area to up to eight and a half acres. Uh, um, uh, we also have TTI, which owns um, Ryobi, Rigid, and Milwaukee, that we just submitted a bid to actually hydro seed 15, yeah, total of 15 acres. We're going to slit seed five in Bermuda. Three of that's going to be in irrigation. Two is not, and the other ten acres are going to be fescue. That that hurts my head. Why? Yeah, okay. Tell me about it. For them <laughs> to curious. test all their electric equipment. That's what they uh, want. See, there we need. Right. This is where we need. We need Ray. We need Ray as the contrarian thinker and the devil's advocate mm-hmm. to go up there and. Uh, <laughs> Ray, can we get you hired on with the Ryobi? Trust me, I know a guy. Yeah. You could come stateside. I look at. I think uh, we'd probably get into. I could see Ray showing up for his consulting visit, and you know, you end up with something like that. <laughs> Beginning to look a lot like I told you so, guys. That that battery operated mower is not going to cut that zoysia. Yeah, uh, it ain't gonna cut it, and it ain't gonna cut that Bermuda either. Just saying, man. I mean, just saying. <laughs> I'm just picturing, you know, this electric lawnmower, and I listen. They have their place. I'm not sitting here bashing electric equipment. I'm not the the old guy who is a curmudgeon and is just railing against the stuff. They have a place, but I can picture a scene of which that irrigated Bermuda grass is going out there. You know, is out there being cut by the um, battery powered mower, and it's just going <laughs> just hacking through it and there's ray sitting in a lawn chair you know sipping a uh, a virgin daiquiri and just laughing his ass off while that thing struggles like, 
I'm, I'm, this is the this is the video that's playing in my mind right now. I'm just laughing and pointing at the engineers, being like, "Told you so." Well, before TTI still... was doing this, Electrolux had one of those, and we had that contract for my uncle had that contract for like 19 years. And wow. as soon as I got old enough to drive, I was sent out there to cut every variety of grass. And they had really? four acre plots of everything. They had four acres of uh, fescue. They had four acres of Bermuda, four acres of centipede, four acres of St. Augustine, and four acres of what we called rough cut. Mm-hmm. And they take well, the bones I mean, out yep. there. And... <clears throat> Were they? And I'd be out there cutting a section of it while they're out there uh-huh. trying to test their stuff, and I'm just sitting there laughing my ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the, mm-hmm. part of that whole thing is like failing, right? It's it's supposed to fail, and then they try to figure out how to make it better or whatever. But w- so with those test spots, I'm really curious. Like, were they were they? Would you say representative of what an actual lawn was like? Were they better, or worse, or the same? They were pristine because we treated them, we fertilized them. We had Southern states come out and do our uh, big boom spray with the truck fertilization. Yeah. They done. Um, a few other things, and then we actually treated it. Okay. And then we cut it weekly, so we maintained it for them to come out there on a well-manicured yard and try their stuff out. So not exactly like if they were to go out into, you know, the average, right, or the the median yard in South Carolina and go treat, it might not be, it might be just a little bit nicer than that is what you're saying. Uh, A DIY guy, it'd be a lot nicer than what we had. But yeah, okay. roughly about the same. All right, I'm always curious about like just those those in real world conditions because you know we see that too in in research plots for like you know golf and sports surf and stuff like that is that they'll you'll they'll try to simulate those conditions, but you know simulating traffic on you know like a green or a sports field versus you know having a bunch of you know two or three hundred pound grown men or a bunch of golfers walking across or whatever is not always the same as what they're able to simulate so i was always curious about those lawn test plots at these places and how that goes um yeah that's interesting all right so you're you're doing all this stuff and now like what is on the fur and sport side like tell us about your challenges with you know you've got these 44 fescue lawns and then on the warm season side i guess you know what are the challenges that are the same across all the lawns and then what are the challenges specifically to your cool and your warm season lawns that you find in your area the one that i find the most on all of them has been fire ants and that's really like the biggest thing that we have but like nine times out of ten every time we do a treatment we add in bison and i have seen just doing that it's like because it's cheap it's precautionary it works i don't really have that many issues but i'll have like a mound pop up here and there and i keep a little two gallon spot sprayer with uh either bifin or tau star i got a little bit of tars here and there in the back of the truck at times i'll put just like a drop or two in it and i'll just go out there and just nuke it and not have to worry about it ray educate my my yankee ass on fire ants I mean, I know what they are. I know, you know, what, what they, you know, where they uh, habitate and everything like that. But why is this a problem, right? <laughs> and for people that are not in that area where these are a problem, describe the issues that you come into with fire ants. 
you right. you knocked him straight off the Wi-Fi. He was he was thinking so. Uh-oh. I thought he was just thinking about fire ants and was just getting fucking pissed in his head and just couldn't couldn't bring himself to speak. <laughs> I was worried there for a second. Maybe he had a bad experience with the fire ants. All right, BB, have- you give it to me. Give it to me. Why? Why? You know, for for all us Yankee bastards up here that don't have these things, why are they a nuisance? And why do you have to treat for them? Because they're from the fucking pit of hell. <laughs> Sometimes, like if the mounds are huge, yeah, you see them. But I mean, you hit them with a weed eater, then you sling them all over yourself, and then you're sitting there like itching, burning, and then like they bite like hell, hurt like hell. Sure, you sure that's the ants though. Oh. You ever had? Oh yeah. Trust me. <laughs> um, one of the other big issues that we actually have about every three to five years, depending on like if it's a wet season or a dry season, mm-hmm. we actually get. What? We get army worms. Oh, like, army just worms. Okay. Ra- ra- random times of the year. Like it'll go three, four years, not have anything, and then randomly, all of a sudden, hey, every yard that we've ever touched has army worms. Interesting. So you know, we had that here, whether you know it or not. This year, this past year, first time, and yeah, this past year, like everybody across the entire United States had it. Yeah, yeah, and so in those cases, for you guys, like, are you are you kind of keeping your eyes out? Do you have? I mean, are or are what? I don't want to say this is are you guys preventatively treating just putting out a celeprint or putting something like that out so that you know you're not getting nicked up with those things come the end of the year do you have any properties like that or are you just watching and waiting to spray bifen well normally every tank mix we have we throw bifen in just as a precaution okay okay so nine out of ten we've had maybe spots about the size of a you know 30 inch tv screen that's been in like infested mm-hmm. and we just go out there and we do probably about a four foot circle around that and treat all of that with bifen. And then we come yeah. in with just a little bit of, either we'll do a 16, four, eight or a 34, mm-hmm. oh, oh, and just kind of give it a light little kick in the ass. Just try and get it back growing. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's the thing is that most of that stuff can recover and be fine, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's trouble it's it, when you're. Pitching. Well, that, and I'm just saying, like it's uh, it's unsightly, but in most cases, like I'm, you know, most cases, you can just kind of wait, wait it out, and you'll get some recovery. And we saw that here on, eh, like fifty percent of our cool season lawns that were affected, you know, this past year. The other fifty percent. I didn't have a single fescue yard that got hit. It was all Bermuda, and I think two zoysia. Really? Yeah. Now, I'm trying to see if I've got, man. So the, you know, there was something about fescue, especially like the, the older varieties and or like the K31, like they did not, they have, they had no uh, desire to try and feed on that, that foliage, right? Those shoots, they were not about it. And uh, let's see if I can find some good pictures of where they just chewed literally everything else right around those big, um, you know, big bunch type plants and things like that. But yeah, even on the, uh, even on the side where, you know, you've got some endophytes and some of these tall fescues that they were, they were saying, right. Like researchers were saying, Hey, look at, you know, it's, it's, uh, 
preventing army wear damage and nobody really equivoc- kind of equivocally came out and said hey for sure like this is why or this is you know these varieties are more you know susceptible or not so i think that'll be an interesting thing going forward because they're uh they're fresh in the mind of a lot of people after this past year and people are freaked out about this like i've, I've heard of guys you know talking to applicators around here where you know i'm asking them hey are you are you guys selling a celeprin this year as your grub treatment and then and they're like oh yeah and we're just showing them dead picture or dead pictures of uh lawns from from last year with armyworms and everybody's like yep sign me up i'll pay the extra money i don't care and uh you know it's this daniel it's well it but it's it's freaking people out man they're just like wait i can pay that much more and i won't have that yeah you can and they're all in like all in so it, it is what it is all right so let's talk about individual pests and what you see so from a insect perspective other than fire ants and occasionally some army wars, anything else that you guys deal with down there that it's a problem that you have to deal with and be aware of occasionally i see a chinch bug every now and then um one of our biggest things is actually grub that they don't know about because because oh the yard looks great well why why do i have this like bare spot though um have you dug your yard up like have you flipped the soil over like that's what i was doing with when i actually got my yard was a grub issue I come in, I hit mine with, um, well, I had Termidor HE, and I was like, well, you know, fuck it. <laughs> so I blanket-coated my yard with that and then treated my entire house with it. Yeah, well. I, had a, not I a, ain't had an issue once since. I would imagine you didn't. would imagine you didn't. So the, okay, so. <laughs> I can believe that you did that, but I also can't believe that you did that. <laughs> it was the only thing I had at, at home, the time. I just moved in. If, if you if you're if you're listening at home, please don't do that. Uh, even though it works, <laughs> don't take advice well. from me, please. Yeah, that, yeah. Ted Ted Nugent of Lawn Care is only here for entertainment, not necessarily here, you know, for uh, for uh, learning stuff all the time. Oh God. So okay. On the other side of things here, like diseases, so like on these on these fescue lawns in particular, do they get hammered with brown patch? Is pythium an issue? Like, what are you dealing with there? Because I got to imagine, you know, you're not really worried about spring dead spot and some of the other stuff that you might get on the Bermuda. But lay it out for me: cool, warm season diseases. Are you worried about anything? Well, are you treating for anything? Or do you have any customers that are like, don't let this happen? Well, normally when I do my um, when I go back and I actually do my spray. Or my spring with pendimethylin, um, trimet nine nine two, bifenthrin, um, and sometimes I will, or sometimes I won't. I'll throw in crossbow depending on how like wee it is. Sometimes I'll throw in poa constrictor if I need, depending on what time of the year it is. If it's going to be like a cool spring up or whatnot. But nine times out of ten, I always run Armada, just as a preventative. And I do that in spring, and I do that in fall, and I don't. Think I've had a callback since. Solid plan. I mean, it's it's not the cheapest thing in the world. It's also not the most expensive thing in the world. But uh, you know, so okay. What about on cool season with like pythium and stuff like that? Do you ever have those issues like where you're saying like you get a whole bunch of rain all at once and it's hot, like hot, hot, hot? 
Do you have any issues there where you're losing grass and customers are complaining? Well, that's the South. They have to know when, like, hey, look, <laughs> it's a fescue. It's a cool season. Look, it's going to burn out. If you don't like it, you know, get, get a different type of grass. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's the, I mean, the ma- ultimate... mainly all my fescue yards are like all like shaded areas or like gets part sun, part shade, not enough to grow zoysia. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, do fescue. Mm-hmm. But we have, uh, it, we actually have two commercial banks, and I think, Go ahead. I think two of the banks, uh, J Pink, uh, he might have a picture of one. Ooh. And it's got, it's got some Bermuda in it. So when like the fescue starts to like kind of like, Bake out. No, that's that's all the needle. Um, I don't know which one I'm looking for. Oh, that's a centipede yard. That's Bermuda. Oh, that's also the hill from hell. That's Zoysia. The hill from hell. Everything else is yeah. Go back to the hill from hell. Did I not put that one up there? Yeah. So back there where those um trees are, Mm -hmm. and you can see that little dead spot right there. Yeah, that's the hill from hell. It is legitimately almost like straight up and down, like climbing a ladder. Is that where you uh, would you uh, roll your spreader right down that hill? Is that what that dead spot's from? <laughs> no, <laughs> I won that oh, motherfucker. Man. Oh man, I mean that's just uh, actually by my standards, that's gentle. That's just a gentle uh, grade change because you see. That's not a fifty foot drop. <laughs> it's not a fifty foot drop. Yeah, about thirty. Yeah, I, yeah. But I still say that because it's not flat, it's a damned pain in the ass, and that should be something besides grass. Don't put shit True. that you need to mow on hills. <laughs> what idiot does that? <laughs> well, I mean, I. Right, it would try making MSM, and I was like, "Well, you know what? I'm not weed eating this. And I only cut it twice last year. And mm-hmm. It looks the same." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. I, I like mean, you see, uh, I'm a big believer in what's called chemical mowing and vegetation management. <laughs> I'm a huge no, I sprayed it once, and then I never mowed it. Mm. Like, I weeded it like. The week before, come back the next week that I was there, I just sprayed it and I loaded up on it too. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> whatever dies, dies. Whatever don't, oh well, screw it. I'll cut it at the end of the season. Well, well gee, I mean, uh, you do know that MSM is used as a gross regulator and vegetation management, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm using, you it. Go. I'm using it right now because I actually uh, ground up some um, crepe myrtle stump. I got that and triclofer in a mix. And I got a little Uh-oh. bit of a high rate to actually make sure it's not coming back. <laughs> that sounds like, sounds like a, a Ray special right there, boys and girls. That's, well, uh... I, I mean, uh, <laughs> he, he kind of he got that idea from me. You see, I, I, did. Consider Charles, I consider Charles here to be like one of my uh, proteges. <laughs> Yeah, you got One day to, I, will, uh, I want to live up to the name of East Coast Green Dock. East Coast <laughs> Green I make problems yeah. go away, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I make problems go away. No, he's he will be the like the wolf for South Carolina. Yeah, he's like Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. 
I agree. Yeah, Alex yeah. He's like he's yeah. It's the wolf. It's the wolf. I'm here. I solve Who's problems. I solve problems. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay, so on the weed side here, like what? Uh, uh, and again, I'm sure a lot of it's the same. It's just how you dealing with it between those cool and warm season lawns. But what uh, what is the weed pressure like? And what are you dealing with most, especially when you go into like new clients? Because that seems to always be like sort of the hassle, right? Is you go into a new client's place and Sometimes it is uh, not bad. Sometimes it's an absolute shit show. And just like Ray, right, like the real green duck, you have to set expectations exceedingly low to get started with so that you can actually make progress. So what's that like there in good old South Carolina? What what are you dealing with and how bad is it sometimes when you roll into some of these properties? Oh, if every weed known to man in South Carolina, I've seen it in every yard. From some of these mm-hmm. new ones, everything from purple dead nettle to chickweed to creeping Charlie to dandelion to koa to burrweed, hell, you name it, I've probably seen it. Clover, hell, I had a guy call me. This is completely random, but he called me two weeks ago. Moved from up north to Florida to here, couldn't get grass to grow. Wanted me to go aerate and overseed his yard in clover. <laughs> I said, "Sorry, buddy." I'm in the business of killing clover. I don't actually see that. Wow. Well, well and wow. even then, like, you, oh, man. It just sounds like a, uh, I think there are places that that can work. I don't know that uh, rural South Carolina is something that jumps out to me and says clover lawn. Like, uh, no, you I, let you know, clover I, grow, like, in your wood line somewhere. Like if you got like a hundred something acres, you got like a little opening inside this little itty bitty pocket of sunshine right there in between all your trees. Let your clover grow there. Well, that or I I don't know. Just yeah, that that's an interesting one. I mean, so do you get a lot of calls like that where it's people that want to do outlandish stuff? How often are you telling people no? That's my how about that on whatever it is. about three out of ten. <laughs> My man, All right. my man. You can, you, you can get bent and call somebody else. Have a nice life. <laughs> Pretty much. My man, my man, my man right there. I mean, it's like, no, I mean, I don't do that. <laughs> uh, and, do you treat bahia grass? Yeah, I kill it. I kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I treat oh, it well, non-selectively over and over well, again until it's no longer alive. <laughs> Okay, straight my up. My favorite MSN. one. All I'm doing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh uh, I thought we froze again. Shit. All right. So okay. Uh, so then. No, Ray did. Okay. Ray did freeze. Ray's on the coconut Wi-Fi again. All right. So the. Um, and I thought the crack shack Wi-Fi was shitty. No. No. Maybe he's over at your place. You know. If he is, it's surprising. Well, he might be, you know, he might be lurking. That's how, you know, that's how he is. That's how he's going to indoctrinate you as the East Coast Green Doc. You know, you have to you have to go through. This is actually a intervention. All right, Mr. Beebe. And Ray's, there's a whole bunch of people here that love you, and Ray's going to take you to treatment tonight and get your <laughs> mind right. Okay? So, 
buckle up and accept the treatment tonight. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, so, so one of the so, things with the uh, cool season stuff that I meant to tell you about, um, I've mm-hmm. been running the Turfite Tall Fescue, the uh, Titan RX, yeah. for about five or six years now. And here, mm-hmm. with even with this climate that we have here, I've actually seen very, very, very minimal disease pressure running that double armada. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid, it's a solid blend. I mean, there's nothing wrong with i I think that sometimes we get caught up in the latest and greatest and everything like that titan rx has been around a while now and is a solid like i said it's a solid blend so you have to i think sometimes not stray away from what works right i think sometimes we get caught up in the narrative of oh hey like this is new and it's better well better than what like, what are you comparing it to? And, you know, grass seed and especially like NTEP, and you start looking at that and going down the wormhole, there's a lot of the different tricks that um, some, not all, but some there's like uh, s- seed growers will try and pull on you with the data, right, where there's no statistical difference, but because of the way that the NTEP tables read, it makes it look like one's better than the other. So, I don't know. It, 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 I'm glad that that's working for you. I mean, so... When you do kind of like JP put posting his uh Green County first stuff, yeah, I want to show the good data. <laughs> well, that's that's not showing any data. That's just interpreting <laughs> the data and saying, "Hey, here's what I want to show you." There's a difference between showing only the good data and then just you know kind of synthesizing it on your own. So I don't know. So the um, okay, I guess a few things then on the. On the fescue, I mean, do you find yourself where, you know, you said that those fungicide apps are working really, really well. You have to get into a lot of aeration overseeding type situations at the end of the year when stuff's just like, if it's beat to hell or if it's, like you said, it's burned out for whatever reason. Do you have to do a lot of that? Like where it's just standard part of the deal? Like, hey, if you have a fescue lawn and I'm treating your lawn, like I'm not asking you if you want to aerate and overseed. I'm telling you that part of the program is you will aerate and oversee this lawn. Is that a thing or not a thing? No, it's basically I'll go around and I look at when I make my, like, you know, fall application right before we're going to start um, doing our aeration overseeing. I'll come by around June, July, August, mainly August at the most, and see what bare spots there are, what's died out, if he still has a good stand, if they don't have a good stand, and be like, hey, instead of doing your entire seven acres, we only need to do spot here spot there and a spot there or hey we need to go ahead and do this again get this filled in get this thick flush you know get you a good stand going because with that titan mm-hmm. rx it does have to go on so it'll have runners go across kind of but yeah so they yeah, say I, 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 it, so like, yeah. it's not a bermuda it's not a zoysia type deal it'll it'll <laughs> shoot sprout it's not at all okay uh, but it does but shoot sprout. It does. It, it there 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 is some enhanced. It, it's a weird story. weird weird thing. I get it. I get it. And but but well, here's the thing though, and here's why I think doing that and having that kind of success and showing people that, like whether it's you know as a case study or marketing material or whatever, even if it's just like you showing them on your phone, you know, a picture of something like another client's lawn. It's like, listen, man, like you cannot take this shitty fescue and you know it would be and i think i've used this analogy before but 
it would be like saying, hey, we're going to take Ryan DeMay and turn him into an Olympic athlete as a, you know, as a grass cultivar, right? That's what we're asking some of these crappy, listen, look at me right now. Never going to be Olympic at anything. I probably couldn't even come in last place in a freaking JV track meet, but you know what? It, it is what it is. I can accept that. But, you know, when we when we talk about getting elite varieties out there and getting better, uh, better genetics, it doesn't it does make a difference. And I think that's one of the things that is vastly undersold in lawn care. And not only the fact that, like, you can make an ass load of money doing aeration and overseeding, but I'm saying that if you can do it the right way and make sure it takes right. Like I see a lot of people that just punch holes, throw seed down and expect good things to happen. That's not the case. Like if you treat it right and you get that stuff to establish and start to change those species dynamics within a lawn, like it can benefit everybody. It can make you look like a hero. It can make them feel good about the money they're spending with you. And then why would they ever leave? Right. Unless they're, um, exactly. you know, a, a bunch of price gouging, you know, low lives that are in that, we'll call it the 30%, you know, there's the one percenters and then BB's got the 30 percenters, the people that you just have to flat out say, Nope, I'm not going to do that. I'd rather not disrespect myself and treat your lawn than do that. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Never call me again. Right? Pretty I can answer phones for you. I, I should. I should do it. I'll. I'll offer you a phone answering service. I'll do this for you. Ooh. I would love to. Hey. Yeah. Like. Um... Lawn. <laughs> Ryan speaking. How can I help you? <laughs> Sorry. Son. So there's a, there is a there is a chatter there is a a a person who is in the chat that has sent me a direct message that um was inappropriate but it also made me laugh i apologize for that but it popped up on my screen i had to laugh okay we talk about weeds we talk about all this kind of stuff let's talk about the the thing that everybody likes to talk about especially this time of year is let's get into some of these soil tests of what you're dealing with from a soil perspective down there what is available and how are you going to, like you talked about, like product hey, availability I just, hey, I just and things like you, that. You I just sent you the, um, on the Discord, oh, I don't wanna... to you directly. No, to you directly. I don't know how to upload this on the computer. One of my fescues. Okay. Oh, all right. Oh, here we go. I'll, I'll send this over. Oh, I think this extra picture that you sent me. Uh, yeah. Uh, number one. Um, <laughs> It's inappropriate, highly inappropriate. And two, if you shave, it'll make it look bigger. I promise you. <laughs> what? Oh no, he did it. I'm, ta- oh, I'm talking. No. About- <laughs> I'm talking about his armpit hair, so his arms look bigger, Ray. That's what I mean. He's going to shave his armpits. No, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Look at this thing. <laughs> wow. I got a question real quick. Is that an automatic teller machine or something else that's to the left? Never mind. Which one? Right there on the sign. That, no, that, that's that, a new that sign they put in. That's why all that bear spot is. Never mind. You didn't get it. Yeah. It was, it, it was... <laughs> Forget about it. All right. It was too clever. <laughs> I messed the up. shadow. So, okay. I got the, it. Uh, this is... Go back. Can you go back to that picture real quick? It was... So this is fescue. When is this? What month ish? Um, that was probably July or August. Wow. 
So what is this maybe particular September. Maybe September. It was right, be- right. It was right before the oversight. Okay, so several questions. Is Does this have any Titan RX in it? Yeah, that's all Titan RX. Look at you. Okay, that's number one. Number two, is this on the Armada program? Yes. Okay, and how much annual N is this getting, roughly? Uh, gets two treatments of 16.48 with 0.38 barricades once in the spring and once after overseeding if it needs it if not then it gets it in roughly mid september when our temperatures start to dip off into the uh low 50s and 60s at night so like two and a half maybe three pounds for a year something like that yeah roughly okay this looks phenomenal we haven't i mean we haven't pulled soil samples on this one or any of the other we have seven of these banks that we do commercially uh and i think this year or next year, we're going to pull the soil samples again and see what we need. Roger that. What height are you mowing this at? I'm curious on that, too. Uh, with the Xmart Navigator, we're at number 10, which is, I think, three and a quarter. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that, that, that seems seems to be the happy medium on most of this. Call off SQ turf, right? You know, to uh, survive and withstand the summer and be, you know, not not too high. I've seen some people like, man, you need to mow that stuff at like four plus inches. Like, what are you? Like, Ray would God. curl, it would 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 fall into a ball in the fetal position on the ground, and he, he probably <laughs> could take two it and piece. three quarters and about three and a quarter, roughly. Okay. Right. Out. Well, that you know what, because that looks pretty to me. Looking at it in front of the pictures, that actually looks like some pretty tight and dense grass. It does. I mean, it, that that looks good. That looks really good. Well, we, we, and yeah, we ever see that one yearly, just because. Mm. Uh, fuck you. Just be, that's our just because piece. everybody everybody drives by that bank every single yeah. day of the week mm-hmm. and ask mm-hmm. who does mm-hmm. that. Oh, we do. <laughs> advertisement Bam. and it's right across and it's right across from the hospital <laughs> is, that, is that is that prime real estate for uh for lawn care oh, advertising yeah. is that that's a pro tip right there everybody you heard it here you get across the hospital with a billboard or a night you know if you can take care of the property across from the hospital you're in good you're in real good uh that's interesting all right so all right so let's talk about uh again the soil test and i'm curious on the warm season fertility versus the cool season fertility and how you're running these programs what you're doing and especially i'm i'm really curious on going from seven to four like what were you doing with the seven app program and not necessarily for treatments but just a fertilizer right and how does that now fit into four like what are you trying to do with that so let's start with the warm, well, you know, the warm season program, and show me. Oh, oh go ahead. You you can lead so, the way. Oh, so the seven the seven um, visit program was all my uncle's stuff. It's how he was doing his stuff for the longest time. Okay. And then I started learning a lot more about the chemicals and was like, hey, look, we can cut this. We can do this right. We can do that. We can do this. Hey, we can cut two of these out. Because I mean, we're only going to fertilize twice a year. Right. And that's that's pretty much when he goes, 
oh shit, light bulb went off. Why the fuck am I doing all this? <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, oh well hey, look, I'm laying the iron dick down, this is what we're gonna do. It was like, hey, Marty, why don't we do this instead? Yeah. And ever since then we've been sitting there just going through reading MSDS sheets, reading all any type of information we can get about chemical and trying to learn and trying to like sit here and like to pick and like get the most for you know, like bang for our buck and then not have to go all over the world. We get so, maybe maybe ten percent or less callbacks every time we go out and spray. Out of four hundred and something clients, it's not bad. What are the call? Oh, oh, well, those callbacks. I'm just curious. What are those generally for? Mainly on the cracks of the sidewalk, where I, either I don't coat it good, or either some random weed popped up somewhere in the middle of their yard. Like, well, you got to deal with this. Well, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Listen. They just want to see your bright, shining face. That's exactly what it is. It's an excuse to see Probably. you. Because they love you. They, lo- they love them some Charles Stevens. Okay. All right, so let, let's break it down here on the warm season program. Do we have any warm season soil tests that we can show that are indicative of the area? Oh. Um, oh. That one. Uh-huh. And that is actually my yard. I'm sorry. <laughs> no kidding. uh okay what's actually all right so what's on what's on uh the lawn there at the uh, world headquarters of busy bees turf there's about 500 square feet of zoysia just up under trees and on the tree Mm -hmm. lawn and then the rest is all bermuda and some bear slots Hopefully you Mainly took all this. Tree. This is all from this is all this is all from the bear spots. Hopefully, so all right. I mean, no, this, this is from I don't all know. over the entire yard. I know. I was I was I was About joking. Thirty-seven thousand square feet. Thirty-seven thousand square feet. You're a masochist, sir. You take care of all that turf, and you come home to this damn pasture. Like, ugh, there's nothing about that <laughs> that gets me excited. Unfortunately. So okay. So let's look at uh. Ray, you know, where where do you stand on a 5.5 pH on the, again, this is a bigger property, right? So liming this would not be the cheapest of options, but could if you really cared about it. Like, what would you say, given the size and scope? You already did. That's because you're a badass. But let's just say this was, let's say this this is a client property, not your front yard. Lay it on mm-hmm. me, right? What do you think? I would still lime. I would still lime because lime would give me the most bang for my dollars. That would give me the most value for money. Because if there's one thing I resent, that would be throwing down fertilizer and throwing down herbicides and not getting the most out of those applications because. My soil pH is at 5.5 rather than 6. See, hmm. I'm looking for a 6.2 to 6.5 with my Bermuda. I don't want to go into like the close to the 7s. I want to keep it in the low 6s. That way I don't have to worry about mm-hmm. iron deficiency. 
Well, yeah, 6.5 is a perfectly good number. I don't recommend 7 even because 7 is where you do get into the iron and the manganese type deficiencies. So 6.5 is a very good target indeed. That is perfectly reasonable. The, um, what was it? The fast-acting cal- calcium worm? Mm-hmm. Put down about how much? I think five, five forty pound bags over the entire area. Mhm, mhm. And the entire time since I've had this house that I bought in two years ago, the only thing I've ever treated it with has been twenty zero five Mesa and sixteen four eight with barricade, mainly just for the nitrogen because I was not going on a straight like spray AMS. I'm not about to put fertilizer in my spray tank unless I have a dedicated unit just for that. But I went, the first year here, I went off post, treated it that way, and then come that fall, I actually started doing my creep. Let's see here. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, I think that uh, that's something, too, with the pH here. Given this now, is this indicative of what you see across the area, like in the areas that you treat? Is it in that, like, you know, not lower than five, you, but not higher than six kind of thing, like in that five to six range? I, I've seen everything here from a four one to a oh. almost an eight. <laughs> That's awesome. But you got that we got we got cattle land too. We got pasture land that they've came in and developed into houses. Sure, sure. Uh, so I guess so I, I Ray, get to see everything. Ray, oh, two questions then. You know, to riff on this, the, you know, what we're seeing here from Charles is number one: if you were in an area and you were operating a, a lawn care business that had such wide variations on pH, you know, would you be sampling every site before you made a plan up for it? And number two is like, or is there some type of sort of basic? down the middle program because i've seen people do it sort of both ways i'm not saying one's right i know what i would pick but uh is there some sort of down the middle approach you can make as far as product selection that would be sort of amenable to all those different situations that's the first question and the second one i would just like to know based on what you see here in this soil test is what would the green duck the real green duck right the master what would he be doing with this particular soil Did Ray die? Uh, yeah, he 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 said I oh. ain't answering your questions. <laughs> he bailed on you. He's yeah, he, man. I I I teed that up so well. All right, so let me just say this: you did. I I personally, if it were me, I would be all about doing the uh, the lushy model of doing you know to get rid of those thirty percent nose. I'd ask for pay consultation to say hey listen like there's there's so much you know variation where what could be happening out here if you want me to treat your lawn 50 bucks for me to come out and pull a soil sample it's what it is you want me to do it fine now that means time effort money all that kind of stuff that you're pulling away from other parts of the business i'm, but, I'm charging 30 bucks now okay i do up to 50 your time is worth more than that yeah. all right i'm here to tell you that there's a lot of people that love you who want to see you accept help tonight value yourself more than $30, right? But if you need, you know. At least I can buy me an airport beer. You can buy you an airport beer. I mean, 
I think there's a lot more demeaning things that you could do for $30 other than stick a probe in the ground. But, you know, I would pay to see it. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. So, maybe that. On that, so with that, well, with that approach, though, is, uh, you know, I think people, when they're looking at product selection, I, this is the, this is the lazy way out. And I'm not saying that, you know, the people that are doing it, I'll say that they're lazy. I'm not saying it's wrong. Like it can work, but I've, I've seen people that have widely varying pHs. There's certain parts, you know, of the Midwest here where you can have some of those fluctuations, not quite as wide as what you talked about, but where they just say, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to run, you know, uh, polysulfocode urea. I'm going to run, um, you know, sulfate of potash and like, they're like they'll hang their hats on on these two uh you know approaches and just say well i know that this is going to be fine i'm going to be i'm going to be a-okay i'll try and run map right as my main uh phosphorus source and that'll be it and if i need hot phosphorus at all and that's just that and when it comes to the ph thing it's just like okay why not deal with the crux of the issue rather than try and fight it. But I see, I'm telling you, I see a lot of lawn care companies that give zero, absolutely no uh, cares about, you know, the pH issue. And I don't know, I think now, uh, given this, the state of the market when it comes to fertilizer and things like that, like you had best be aware at least of what the number is um, and more to the point, making sure that you are on top of uh, working towards a uh, an adequate, ph right because like in your case here like throw that soil pan stuff here j pink let's take a look at it real quick whoa mega zoomed in okay so like you know you look at here so pounds per acre let's divide that by two so you know we're at uh you know basically what 34 34 and a half um pretty much parts per million there on your phosphorus one I mean, I thought you would have got a kick out of that 69 MLP. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if that, I think you probably uh, you probably collected clippings a few extra times just for me to get at that number, and I really appreciate you doing that. Uh, I, I, no, I do. don't worry. I broke it down to the math, the, the exact number of cuts. And I, I knew. Yeah, I know that that's, that's definitely <laughs> – that's something that is <laughs> – <laughs> I listen, listen. I appreciate the commitment to saying, you know what, I got to give them something that's a sixty-nine. And if you brought me a sixty-nine potassium, I would be a little. I would have been upset about that. Sixty-nine pounds per acre of phosphorus, eh, no big thing. I get it; it's no big deal. But okay, so you know, when we look at these numbers here. I'm not. There's nothing here that is super concerning, right? What you're running? What on this? You said you're running Mesa and what else? Uh, sixteen four eight with barricades. Sixteen four eight with barricades. Man, okay, all right. So again, nothing here that worries me about you know using that type of approach and more to the point of the pH, the Mesa. And I did that for my. Com- know, I did that on my commercials too. I run that sixteen four eight with barricades just as an added buffer for you know anything that might pop up after a post strike. Like okay. full season, like weeds start to like set in. Mm-hmm. What? Okay, that so then, even though even even in my warm season stuff, I'm running you know in Dazzaplan with spectacle flow or um, huh, you know, 
like that as my free, I still like to go out there with the um, 16.48 with Barricade just as an added sauce. Look at you. You just hate goose and crabgrass, don't you? I hate weed. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Perfectly reasonable. Hates, perfectly. Hates weed. Perfectly well, so, Ray, I, I, uh, I, got, I had you all teed up there, Ray. So I want to hear, number one, on the, mm-hmm. and I kind of gave my spiel a little bit here on pH and, and guys that will, or gals that will actually go out and test and know what was going on, especially given the current you know, state of the fertilizer market versus just trying to have a program that sort of fits all the molds and um, is easy, right? Trying to press the easy button. Mm-hmm. So I want to know your mm-hmm. thoughts on that, especially in an area that's, you know, as, as low as four, as high as eight. And then secondly is with this particular soil, you know, is there anything that you see here that Mr. Beebe should not be running just like a basic 16.48? Well, my thought on it is, is that as long as you are keeping track of the pH, monitoring pH, that is when you actually have a lot more leeway to do what you want with the fertilizers versus if a person said, I don't want to deal with pH, I just want to throw fertilizer, then that person will set himself up for a lifetime of disappointment because on a low pH soil, something like your MISA will not perform well. It'll give a very temporary green and then It'll die out. Conversely, you know, if somebody were to adjust for a lower pH soil and then have something specialty that was mostly calcium nitrate and then try to throw that down on a pH 8 soil, then what would happen is you throw calcium nitrate on a pH 8 soil, you again have a problem of that thing turning green for a week or so, and then falling flat. And then burning. Yeah, and burning maybe even like a little. burn out? No, it wouldn't necessarily burn out too much, provided you got enough water. But then the problem is, is that when your soil pH is in the right range, you know, between 6 and 6.5, that's when your fertilizers are most likely to give you that longevity of nitrogen response. Okay, longevity of response. So you put down your your application and it's going to last that six to eight weeks that you expect it to. Conversely, if your pH is way off and you put that same thing down, uh, after one to two weeks, the grass is yellow again. It's as if you didn't do anything. You know, your fertilizer just fizzled out. And in this day and age, I don't think, the good answer will be, well, then, geez, just uh, throw down some more. I mean, if the fertilizer ran out, just throw down some more. Well, God, uh, ain't nobody's got any money for that because fertilizer has gotten expensive. <laughs> right. Right? So My cost right now, my cost right now for the uh, Lebanon 2005 Mesa is $42 a bag. Forty-two, And that's not even a greens grade, right? That's not even a green screen. That's uh, just that, a lawn. No, that's the Lebanon Mesa. No, Lebanon Mesa, but then that's, that's not green. That's, that's a, that's no, a that's lawn grade. Green that's the, yeah, that's the step below. That's, that's, that's the lawn grade. Oh, okay. So, because 
in another time, greens grade stuff I know was fifty to sixty dollars for a fifty pound bag, and lawn grade stuff was sitting between twenty to twenty five a bag. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, I, was, I was paying eighteen when I 18, bought it last back, year. I bought half a yeah, pallet. Yeah, but, yeah, back in the day. But then now, what I'm saying is I that got, indeed, I got one for you, right? Yeah. So for for zero forty five zero to boost your actual phosphorus level, I was paying mm-hmm. anywhere from twelve to fourteen dollars a bag last year. Yeah, I bought some that I had to go do soil amendments on one of the yards that you'll see on the uh, next soil test. I had to mm-hmm. buy three bags. It cost me thirty two freaking dollars. Yep, per bag, per bag. Mm-hmm. My cost. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I was yeah, like, yeah, so, this is bullshit. Yeah, so you see all those guys that are hard-headed and they think they don't need to deal with pH, they're going to be in for a rude surprise now because pH is like my factor for maximizing what I get out of every fertilizer application. Because right now, Charles, you know that 30-something a bag for 0.450? Man, you're now paying Hawaii prices for that stuff. You know that? Yeah, you're now paying Hawaii. Fun. Yeah, now you're now you're paying Hawaii prices for that stuff. And and now if I were to go into my Simplot or Nutrient or whatever and ask for a bag of something, it will not astonish me if they tell me, Ray. That's now fifty or sixty dollars a bag, you know, and the stuff that used to be a hundred dollars a bag for me, and I, I, I actually buy a lot of hundred dollar a bag stuff now. I'm not surprised if they tell me, ah, one seventy five. Good grief! That yeah. hurts. Yeah, to hear. Yeah, well, yeah. I, mean, I was buying the uh, Titan RX Fescue. Um, I was buying mm-hmm. it nine dollars a bag. I'm paying one sixty now. <laughs> yeah and I'm ordering wow. three pallets at a time oh jeez yeah. well and I think you gotta you really ask yourself these days is like why am I not soil testing I mean there's uh, the, the, to me there is no, no... Every, every new customer I take I soil test uh, and I, that's what I'm saying I'm not I'm, I mean the, the, the royal we not you Mm-hmm. Uh, chuck in a truck. Chuck in a truck. Tr- right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, uh, you probably don't remember it from The Simpsons, and we can't play it because we'll get copyright infringement. But, you know, he goes to the national park and he asks Smokey the Bear, only who can prevent forest fires? And Bart presses you. And Smokey the Bear says, incorrect. You pressed you, referring to you. The correct answer is me, referring to me. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll play the video for you in the after show. But okay, so uh, a few things here. Uh, Like I'm just talking to everybody that's watching. And again, if you are an applicator right now and you are not performing soil tests, I mean, uh, I need some help because I don't use them all the time. But J Pink, what does a waypoint soil test cost these days? Maybe thirty dollars. Okay. Maybe thirty dollars. You know. If you're in South Carolina or you're Georgia, it costs you seven 
$6 emailed, $7 mailed from Clifton University. It cost you $10 from UGA. Um, I think Texas A&M is something along the same lines, maybe 12 bucks. Yeah, and the Clemson tests are good. Like, the Clemson tests are legit. I would have no problems with those, you know. So, again, if you're not – if you're watching this, you're new to the game, you've been in it for a long time, I don't care who you are, but you are absolutely missing the boat if you're not doing this and charging for it, too. You should – I would not just – you know, you can, I guess you can lump into the price and say, hey, free soil test and do whatever you want to do with it, however you want to position that offer. But like this, this whole episode of, you know, uh, fertilizer pricing, right? Fertilizer availability and not to, you know, go burn a return here for a second, but this is not going away soon. Like it is not. Oh, no. Oh, and no. I think the, the thing that has to be stressed here is just like, how how prepared you need to be these days? I mean, that's just the bottom line. And I will say this, and I'll I'll editorialize here for a second, is that uh you know, you know we give we give Mr. BB a lot of grief. You know, he's a he is a goofball. He's the class clown. But I will say this is that you know in our uh our little community here of uh, patrons and everything that we have built right here over this last year of doing this show. He's one of the more active people, and as much as he likes to, you know, goof around just like us, the dude's in the books, and he's trying. And I'm not blowing smoke, and I'm not like trying to stroke the dude's ego right now. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, he is exactly the type of person that fits in with uh, who we deal with, which is somebody that, you know, uh, wants to get better, who's committed to it, and are doing it at their own pace, but also wanting to have a good time while they're doing it, and. So I commend you for that. Uh, so, okay. There so we go. This is, yeah, this is maybe as of August 2020, right? And yeah. you're talking, depending on the type of test and what add-ons you get, you're talking 10 maybe $15, depending on what all you do. So. So I'll say it just like cheap. I think, like uh, Charles Beebe would say it, you'd have to be a moron to not do this. You would have, I mean, really, like, Who's not? If you're not doing this right now, I'll go ahead and say it. You're a moron. Come fight. Let me go ahead and rephrase that. If you're not doing this, you are a dumbass. And come fight me <laughs> at the crack shack. At the crack shack. <laughs> there's actually a. Uh, he's actually got. You know, there's there's no there's no guns in the crack shack. It's all hand to hand, right? So there's like a lock and a sock. You know, he's got a broken broom. Well, handle. there's a chainsaw here and there too. There's chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you wait? Please wait until they're dead to start dismembering people. Also, hashtag death talk. We actually included it here as a bonus, <laughs> and not 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 to be on the uh, not to be outdone by burn and return. So, okay, all right. Uh, what, let's see. Other there was another soil test too. Let's look at that real quick. I want to kind of dive in there and see because it was slightly different, if I remember correctly. Oh, oh golly, that is actually. Yeah, that's across the street from my house. That's my neighbor's yard. He wanted grass to grow, and he has nothing but trees around him. Wow, that is an obscenely low phosphorus number. What is is there anything growing there right now? Uh, moss and some weeds. <laughs> what kind of uh, is it? Literally that shaded? Like there's just no sun whatsoever. Summertime, it gets a little bit of shade, like maybe the size of a, like your closed laptop. He's like, dude, okay. do do whatever you got to do. I will pay you whatever. Just give me some grass because I'm sick and fucking tired of you being yard of the month down here. Yeah, 
this, you know, uh, I took this song as a project. Yeah. Okay. So again, just, just uh, see how here, good I am. Let's see how good you well, uh Go ahead and uh, buy that, uh, you know, that lawn care nut guide circa 2018, and just start pumping the Milo out there. Uh, get your phosphorus yeah, number up for. Just get uh Yeah, uh, I, I dumped four bags of zero forty five zero on that. Okay. Okay. So I, I think and that's, that's about uh that's fifteen what? or seventeen thousand square feet. So you said you dumped four bags of that on there? Yeah, four bags at I think fifteen to seventeen thousand square feet. Oh wow, okay. So let's just say it's seventeen thousand square feet. Yeah, you hammered the hell out of it. That's for sure. Um okay, so you know, I think in that scenario, tall fescue isn't going to be a bad choice. It's going to be, you know, from a shade perspective, the best choice that you have, right? Uh, far better than zoysia. The only thing that I could think of that would actually grow with no irrigation, with me setting up above ground sprinkler system. Correct. Correct. And this is going to be like a get the soil right over the summertime and then seed in the fall kind of thing. And hopefully try oh, to no, take I don't advantage know, all of it. You did it all in one. Yeah. So you just seeded this I now? Don't... Yeah, like 10 days ago. You're insane. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I dumped nine bags of uh, the fast-acting <laughs> calcium lime, four bags of the 0450, and then I watered that in, came in, aerated, watered it again, Came back three days later, punched it again, and then seeded. And threw it down to triple 17 with a little bit of 3400 mixed in. That's the Ted Nugent plan, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. You heard it here. Ted Nugent Lawns by Charles Beebe. That's what the, the, we're, we're changing the name of the business tomorrow. Okay. That is <laughs> fucking insane, dude. All right. Uh, I got to wrap my head around this. Ray. What kind of anxiety do you get when I say, look at the soil test and then understand that the lawn is heavily shaded, right? Right. And there is no hope of cutting down any, you know, anything appreciably and getting more sun in there. What, you know, what is your level of anxiety? Well, I mean, I've come in and I've actually like delimbed what I could and like tried to top it, but that's the best I can do without a bucket truck. Well, that's uh, all about, I guess, uh, expectation management. <laughs> yeah. You know, expectation yeah. management. I mean, that's uh, that's how I'd place it is uh, manage expectations. And I level with people. I tell them, okay, you have fantasies of living in a forest. You also have fantasies <laughs> of your back lawn looking like Augusta National. Hey, uh, dude, we got to pick one. You, you ain't having both. <laughs> yeah, so you can either live like a gnome, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you, can, you can live like the 1%. And, hey. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. Know. You, can, you can either be like uh, Merlin in the, you know, in the sword <laughs> in the stone living in the middle of the forest. <laughs> or, you know, you can have that banging lawn. I mean... But you ain't having both because it's not happening. And I, 
All right, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I told him he wasn't going to have a, uh, you know, perfect yard this year. I told him, I said, this is going to take, you know, a year or two, maybe three tops before we actually get mm-hmm. a good, good, good stand of, you know, the shit that I do and to look half ass like <laughs> you are. The shit that I do. Oh, that's, uh, well, he's seen yeah, some of my fescue yards. I he's like, yeah, I well, want uh, that. Well, and I think that's something too is that uh you know the uh this this is that, that that's a great way of putting it like this is not a short term type of approach like it is going to be painstaking and I guarantee you're going to have to come back in there this fall for more seed you know oh, I won't have to do a spring and fall Yeah there we go oh, that Michaels thank you um yeah I think you're definitely going to do a spring and fall and this is and i think this is the uh, here's a great example right of where you can tell me what you think i'm sure you've made this mistake before i know i've made this mistake before but you you go out and you sell a service like this like hey i'm going to oversee like oh my man my lawn's bad i need to get it fixed right and you think oh yeah i'll go out there and i'll i'll seed into it and we'll fix it blah 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 and you sell that service as like one thing right or one time as checking the box and that's just a magically supposed to be like a switch that flips and then when it doesn't, they flip out and they're like, "Well, man, BB, what the hell, man? My 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 shit's not green like all your other ones. What'd you do? How come it didn't work?" And you know, yeah, we've I ran into that there. like eight years ago, and I was like, "Okay, well, from here on out, hey, look, I'll do this. Okay, I'm not guaranteeing a stand. I'm not guaranteeing this. And if your soul's not right, I'm sorry. There ain't shit I can do. I'm not God." <laughs> What's the uh, what's the line from Tommy Boy? Hey, Ray, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I've got spare time, right? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. But, so that's what, yeah, but, I mean, that's like my main thing now. Is mm-hmm. taking dumps in boxes? That's a good plan. I, wish. I like it. I like it where, I like where your head's at here. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I might, man, some man. Those, uh, I might put some of those on some of the customers I don't like and light it on fire. Well, I, 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 I think if you're going to do that, I think you should go the extra route of getting a chest freezer and building an Alaskan pipeline. That's what I would do. But anyhow, the, uh, the, uh, you know, this, this idea though, that, uh, I think the expectation management piece, and I know we talk about that a lot with a lot of different people and you definitely, you know, have, I think enough experience of dealing with people that are probably unreasonable that you've you know kind of chiseled that a little bit huh easily and that's Mm -hmm. you you need to experience those people i think everybody that's in this business as much as we try to avoid those people you need to experience that and experience the pushback the objections the outlandishly uh wild expectations that people have and then sit there and sometimes ray Right, you got to take those expectations, throw them on the ground, stomp on them, take a piss on them, then look that person <laughs> in the eye and say, "That's what I think about your expectations." Now let me give you mine. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's the way let's it's got it to be. Back down to reality. <laughs> yeah, let's bring it's it back down to reality. Be. Because you know what, the last thing I want to be accused of is setting someone's expectations too high, and 
when the reality of the situation is, given the circumstances, there is no way in the world to even begin to meet those expectations. And then I'm the bad guy for telling somebody what they want to hear and then it doesn't work out. You know, I don't want to be that guy because I, I feel like that is ultimate. Ha. Oh, oh, no. No. Oh, what a. I don't uh, want to be like. Uh, 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 uh. We are just about to hit the G spot there. And I by G spot, I do mean grass spot. Did everybody die? Uh, BB is struggling. Everybody's struggling. Man, it's like the stream has been drinking all day for St. Patrick's Day and March Madness. I swear to God. All right. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'll wax poetic here for just a few minutes, and then if they can't join, we'll we'll kick it to the after show here. I mean, uh, here here's the thing I would say about BB in general, and you know, I'm now speaking to the people that are going out there, whether it's your first year, your tenth year, your twentieth year. I don't care. You know, I am not a, a lawn care guy by trade. I'll, I'll start off by saying that is that uh, you know, people okay, I'm back. Sit here, you're back. Man, I was getting ready to launch into a beautiful thing. I'll say it to you, too. I'm not a lawn care guy, but this here's what I've come to appreciate about the lawn care side. Coming from the golf and the sports tour side, right, is that... Well, you know, I spent two all, years on a golf course. You did? Yeah. I can only imagine what that would have been like to work with you on the golf course. I, I didn't know jack imagine. shit then. All I knew was, kind of, like, the lawn care side of it and, like, a little bit of, like, sport and fur. Oh God! And this was back when we could still use. This was when we could use MSMA too. Oh man! Okay. Oh, fun times. So, yeah, that's 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 moons ago, many moons ago. So the, uh, you know, the thing is, I I just I really can't stress enough of how badly you need to maintain leverage in all those conversations when it comes to expectation setting and it's hard sometimes because you have people that walk all over you people that try to walk all over you people that want to push back on price on this on that hey you know you can only do this on certain dates uh, you got to do it when i'm on vacation because i don't want to see i mean i've heard some wild stories of what people expect and want and that's not to say that you shouldn't try to serve your customers the best you can but what we do does not necessarily fit in a nice neat box uh from a timing aspect from when it's time or when you have time or anything like that. So I, uh, I've had I a think, couple actually. What's that? Tell me that I've had a couple actually tell me, well, I want you to only come on these days. I only want you to do this. I only want you to, <laughs> I, I look at him and be like, look here, motherfucker. You don't write my fucking checks and you don't cash my fucking shit at my bank. I don't live with you. You're not my fucking wife. Get the fuck out of here. I'll do it when I do it. What if I, so does that mean, if I married you, you'd mow my lawn any day that I wanted you to. Oh no! Is that what you're Fuck saying? You. Go cook me supper. I'll, dude. I'll listen. I'll cook you supper. All right. <laughs> I'll go mow the yard when want? it needs it. <laughs> listen, I have I have a high mowing drive. <laughs> I hope you know that. All right. So you need to satisfy my mowing demands whenever I need it. So just keep that in mind. Well, right? I'm mowing my yard about three times a week this well last summer, and this year I'm actually going to try and down some uh pgr try and go once a week that's not going to work with me i need it i need it three times a week okay so the uh 
Okay, wrapping up here, we're getting close to the end here. I wanted to see if you had any questions for us specifically. And when I say us, I mean me and uh, my two compadres that are here in spirit. Uh, anything? What, yeah. Harambe? <laughs> yeah, and Harambe. <laughs> what, what, else, what else do you have uh, for yeah, us? Yeah, actually, um, I want to know more about like PTL. That's like the biggest thing that I've never really like dealt like dipped into and like we was like we were using them at the golf course but i never really was like applying those or figured those out okay so i'll I'll give you a little bit of high level here and then i'll encourage you i I have the distinct pleasure of tomorrow night i think it's at 9 p.m eastern i haven't been asked to sit with uh um paul's prime cuts and the We Working Crew, which is Cam from Elevated Lawnscapes. I think Robert Palmer should be there. And then Polo Lawns, uh, they'll all be on there. Oh, and we are talking specifically only and all about PGRs for lawn care use. So yeah, I encourage you to step on, uh, it's on It's on the, it's on the uh, thing. I'll, I'll put it up in uh, Dirty Deeds. Okay, but okay. real quick, I mean, I think they're, it's a great tool. I think it's an underutilized tool in lawn care, I think. Especially guys like you that are in the mowing space get freaked out by it because they're like, oh, man, like, it's going it, to, you're, you're taking my job. It's like, no, like, listen, especially now with the way labor is, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm, not, I'm talking to you specifically, but also, again, the larger group, right? Uh, none of this is getting any easier to maintain, right? So if there are tools that you can use, you know, to make, uh, you know, that stretch out that mowing cycle to instead of every week, every 10 days, or if you have to is when you get to a property, you're there every week, maybe, you know, one of those you're able to skip or every other week you're able to skip or maybe it's only certain well, say, areas. Well, say I got a detention pond that I actually have to do in about seven acres at a uh, funeral home. That is also the biggest crematory here in the uh, County. And we do like, you know, they're nice, nice cut areas. We do that weekly because that's one of our other commercials. But everything else, I got a rough cut mode, and I'm thinking about using a PGR on that because they only want it done twice a month. And I was like, okay, well, let's make my life fucking easier. For sure, dude. It. And I've done sprayed it with um, pre and post emergent. So now I want to figure out, like, okay, I'm running two and a half acres. I need to put a PGR down to run a bi weekly program on it. So I'll give you an example. Um, the big lawn care operator here in Ohio that we helped out just. I mean, helped out, just like helped them conceptualize what the program would look like. But it was literally this. It was a county fairground. So like uh, 36, I think, acres of like rough cut turf, you know, just mowed once a month. Uh, That's where they put all, that's where they pulled. No, they mow it with a, they're they're mowing it with, um, uh, 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 what the hell am I thinking of here? Uh, A Ventrac. With a rough cut deck. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And they mow, mow it at like six inches. Oh, yeah. If you can get one, I'd highly encourage you to do so. But uh, so they're doing that. And then uh, what they were like was like, dude, this is killing us. We can't get out here and do this as often as we'd like to. And when they were going out there to do it, it was making a mess. And they were having to clean it up. And 36 acres of mess is no fun to clean up. Right. So go back. Now they're doing three apps through the spring and into the summer until. If it dries out, so like if we get into a period of like August where it typically dries out here in Ohio, they'll lay off and they just won't do it. They'll just have three apps basically May, June, July, and that's enough for them to keep 
on a every like instead of four week mowing cycle, like every six, and it's clean as a whistle when they mow it. Like it, it really? looks like you just yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think there's there's an opportunity, especially on those types of properties, to do that where it's not necessarily like prim proper maintained. Um, and I also think the other use case for it is those fescue lawns of trying to save yourself from number one the spring flush of having to try and keep up mowing with it like this time of year for you like right now when temperatures are just getting into that uh, optimum range for it to grow and go like gangbusters. And number two is you know all that energy that's growing going into top growth for those cool season plants is trying to you know rare back on that. Uh oh, he's got something going on outside. I'll keep talking. So again, raring back where you've got uh, all that energy going to top growth, you're pulling that back and what they call, you know, what has been described as what's called pre-stress conditioning, right? So all that energy grows into root growth. And then consequently, uh, you know, you're saving some of that energy back for the plant to withstand summer. So it does work. It's been proven to work. It's through, you know, it's a research backed approach and you can apply it to a bunch of other areas. It was researched originally on golf turf, but, you can apply it to, you know, pretty much any other type of turf, whether you're from a right-of-way situation all the way down to, uh, you know, like a, uh, a home lawn or a sports field or anything like that. So, all right, BB's checking stuff out outside. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make the exact decision to wrap this one up. Before I do, though, uh, a few things here. I want to do uh, some housekeeping here. Again, uh, Matt, we're rooting for him. He's doing a lot of good stuff right now. He wants to be here. It's not that he hates us. I mean, he might hate me, but that's okay. I love him still. I'm kidding. But seriously, the dude is grind. You're back. We're getting ready to wrap this up and get ready to go to the after show. But I'm telling, I'm telling him. Uh, it was Matt, a possum and a skunk fight. Possum and a skunk fighting. It sounds yeah over there. That my sounds so South Carolina. I can't even stand it right now. Um. You know, I want to say that I was just saying about Matt that he, you know, he's wanted to be here for the last several weeks, but he is, I mean, if you don't know and don't see, he is grinding away. And uh, so if you do have access to uh, send him a message, whether it be on uh, the Discord, on uh, email or something like that, just reach out, send him some positive thoughts. He's, he's really trying and they're getting a lot of stuff done. So we're excited for him to be able to take this opportunity. And it's great that, you know, we can sit here and keep going on this stuff. And talking to people just like Mr. Beebe. So but, listen, Chuck, Chuck Benzing, um, it is a detention pond. It's not a retention. It does not hold water. It's a water <laughs> runoff. That is the Excellent. detention pond. Excellent. I didn't there know are you had one of those. Pool or a pond? Pod would be good for you, kind of thing. You what? I said a pool no, or a pond. There's actually two different ones. There's two different yeah. ones. Like one that holds it. water and one that does not. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. All right, so listen, uh, we's gonna wrap hey, this coconut up. Waffle again. Talk. He's back. He's back yeah, again. I'm back. I'm back again. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take this to the after show. If you don't know what that is, please go ahead and hop on to uh patreon.com forward slash burn return. You can check us out over there and subscribe, or you can click the uh, uh, membership button below. Hop on there, you'll get linked up on the Discord. Come on, and we will talk about uh, the latest and greatest out there in the YouTube space of what's going on with uh, some, uh, well, questionable advice, practices, products, and everything else, and we'll have some adult <laughs> talk about that. So without further ado, I thank you all so much, and <laughs> Charles. If you don't join you. Patreon, 
you don't do soul tests and you don't need to be over here. Strong words from a strong man, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great night. We'll see you on Burner Return Sunday. Double episode. Buckle up and get ready. Till then, peace.